Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. I'm in my office and let me say I'm in my warm office this morning outside here in the piney woods of Northeast Texas. It is in the 20s and us Texans really don't know what to do except dig a hole, get in it, find a heater. I'm telling you, we don't have much of this, but uh, it's, it's, it's okay when we do, and uh, thank God for heaters. And, uh, but we are here on this Friday morning to begin a new topic today. We've been doing uh, ser a series on the hiding place, and we're going to start something new this morning entitled, Jesus, Our Example. And uh, it just really, in the message Wednesday night, uh, as we have been looking at the statements of Jesus where he said, I am come, and, uh, and we did, I think, last Wednesday night was our part three in that, and we were in John chapter five, which is where we'll be today. And uh, there was a scripture in that lesson, in that message Wednesday night, that the Holy Spirit just quickened my inner man and, and prodded me in this direction, if you will, and uh, and we're going to see some very amazing things today because this is one of the main things the Lord wants me to say and to know is that Jesus is our example and He is God's only example. All things are of Him, from Him, by Him, through Him, for Him, and will all come back to him at his very feet, whether it's to worship or it's to be cast eternally away. <clears throat> but all things, the next time someone asks you, where's, where's everything headed? It's all headed right to the feet of Jesus. Everything is headed right to the feet of Jesus. Before we dig into this first uh, uh, lesson today in this series, Jesus, our example, let me remind you, I advertised yesterday on our Hebrews teaching, our little 62-page booklet, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. You can get your copy on the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. Just click on the store icon and you'll be able to go in there and buy uh, this and some other things that will help you learn the uh, the the way of God's righteousness, the way of the cross. And here's what really you need to know. The only avenue through which he works. All God's works are done in truth. That's a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Outside of those two things joined together, there is no existence of truth in experience for anyone. And this little booklet will help you see that more clearly, full of scriptures, full of scriptures. And you can get your copy again on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Just click on the store icon. It's only $15. Buy three or four or five copies. Give them out. You never know when the Lord is going to stir the heart of an individual and they become the next the next worldwide evangelist, the one that God opens the doors for to set their feet in places before great and high authorities of this world and to give them 
the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You never know. And so <clears throat> this morning we're going to be in John chapter 5. It, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of a lot of wonderful things that the Lord gave John to write. And uh, we're going to see this morning in John chapter 5, verse 30, what we're going to see, I believe, and I'm asking the Lord to give us great eyesight into this great truth, these great truths that are found in verse 30 of John chapter 5, that this is... We will see today the way of Christian living. And I do not believe it exists at all in any experience outside of the example. I do not believe it exists at all outside of this example. That example we will see in one verse alone right here today. I'm sure the Lord will add line upon line and precept upon precept as we walk through this today. But the Lord is going to impart into the hearts of His people truth. That is the Word of God in its liberating context, the context of Calvary. And we're going to see as we walk through this teaching today that Jesus is God's example for us and that Jesus is God's only perfect example for us. There's a lot of things we can look back and see the Bible tells us that are in-samples, examples. And do you know what an in-sample is? It's not quite the same as an example an example could change a little bit later on, uh, but still we could use it as an example. An in-sample is a stamped, a form, a, something that's a die. You, you can look, this is an in-sample, this is going to happen. That's the difference. And Jesus is our perfect, our only perfect example. And if we follow in His footsteps, we'll be following that which pleases the Lord. And outside of this way of righteousness, way of Jesus, that He claimed He is, there is no pleasing God. God is only pleased through the sacrifice of His Son. I believe when Jesus prays to His heavenly Father and, and says, Father, the time has come. Glorify my name. And the Father said to Him, spoke from heaven to Him and said, I have glorified Your name and I will glorify Your name. Now, there's a lot of thoughts about what that first part meant. I have glorified Your name. But I believe that it points to before the foundation of the world. When the Lamb was slain in God's strategical plan, blueprint laid out for the ages, that the fix for everything, the movement of God through, in, and through everything, the Word of God spoken in and to and through into every situation would be the Lamb slain. 
I believe that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world because the Bible tells me that. I also believe that's the place where God glorified the name of His Son before the foundation of the world as He saw His Son on the sacri- on, as a sacrifice on the cross. And when Jesus came and literally laid His life down, that's where God glorified His name again. That's why everything, if we can cry out to God, show me your glory, show me your glory for 80 years on this little life that we have. We can gather five times a week and beg God to show us His glory. But God is desiring so greatly to show you His glory, but He's got to get you to look to Calvary or you'll never see His glory. Maybe our perception of God's glory is blurred. Maybe our vision and view of what we're calling God's glory is blurred. The Bible says Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. And God glorified His name at the cross. And if we want to behold that glory, then we're going to have to look back to Calvary. And if you want to wake up again today and behold that glory, you're going to have to look back to Calvary. For God's not going to show you that glory through any other avenue except in which He glorified the name of His Son right there on an old rugged cross on a hill called Calvary. It's a shame today that ministers want to preach and teach about everything else forsaking the message of the cross, not keeping it involved in every jot and tittle. And while that goes on, angels cry and demons laugh. That's right. Angels are heartbroken after they've seen now what the cross of Christ is able to do among humanity. And devils laugh. While we open the Bible and talk about everything but the precious blood of Jesus, devils laugh. Devils choke a little bit more stronger the life out of God's people through our flesh and our own sin nature. But God is raising up an army in these last days. It's not those who always talk about the Holy Spirit. It's those who always talk about the one the Holy Spirit is always talking about. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Let me say that again. God is raising up an army in these last days. And it's not the ones who are always talking about the Holy Spirit. It's the ones who's talking about what the Holy Spirit, the one the Holy Spirit is always talking about, the one the Holy Spirit is always pointing to. That redemptive work and plan there on the cross that He's always pointing to. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. So I encourage you to get your Bibles today. Follow along with us as we see in John chapter 5 these 
blood-stained words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said that His words were spirit and they are life. And His words, God's word is of eternal value, of eternal significance, and, and of eternal uh, understanding that there will never be a, a complete understanding on this side of glory, even maybe not on the other side of glory, of the word of God because it is eternal. It carries an eternal weight of glory, every word written in your Bibles. And God is bringing a people uh, back to true grace, true faith, as He awakens them unto His righteousness with a, with a look back to Calvary. For there the eyesight was given and there the eyesight becomes more clear each and every day along the way. The promise is in Proverbs 4 and 18 that the path of the righteous, the path of the just will shine more unto that perfect day. That is for those who are actually on it. That's a promise we have. It's also a manifestation among God's people, among those who He's able to bring back to that path that is shining more unto them. Hallelujah. John chapter 5, verse 30. Watch the example Jesus gives of His own self and that is unto us. And I do not believe outside I do not believe outside of this Bible verse and its function in Christ's life can we experience God like we're supposed to, like we could and should. Not outside what's written here, not outside this example of Jesus, our perfect example of Jesus. John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus says, I can of my own self do nothing. Were we not told that as well by Him that we can do nothing without Him? And this is what He's saying. This context of Scripture is Jesus attempting to get the religious rulers of Israel and all who would hear Him to see, to know that the Father, His Father in heaven, sent Him. Now, you and I have also been sent by our Savior. Just as He said, just as He was sent, He also has sent us. And just as He could not do anything of His own self, we cannot do anything of our own selves. And Jesus taught that in John 15 in relationship to our bearing fruit that glorifies God. I can't bear any fruit that glorifies God. I don't care what I'm claiming I'm doing in the name of Jesus. I don't care what I'm doing it's spiritual and stamping this is glorifying God or pleasing to God. God is only pleased through the avenue of the cross of His Son. Outside of that, there is no pleasing God. It's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six. Get that. It's impossible to please God without faith. And that's not just any faith. 
This is, this is where the confusion and the deception and the deceitfulness of sin comes rushing in that, that you will talk to just about anybody today and though they don't believe what you believe, they say, well, at least we believe something. As if God is going to honor faith in anything. No, there's only one object of faith God honors. And that's the redemptive work of death that His Son carried out at Calvary's cross. Anything outside of that avenue, I don't care what we stick the Word of God to, is not going to be pleasing to God. I don't care what we stick the Word of God to if we're not looking at it through the blood. Not because we were saved by the blood, but because we were saved by the blood and the words we're hearing, reading, studying, having preached to us, or preaching and teaching ourselves must be seen and shared through the avenue of the cross. For there eyesight was given. There eyesight will be maintained. Never forget this. Folk who don't agree with this, folk who go around this, are only folk who are going blind again. Doesn't matter how much scripture they quote. Doesn't matter their position in a ministry. Doesn't matter how many years. Doesn't matter how many millions come in. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. God gives eyes to see to those who look through Calvary. We'll see it in this Bible verse today. Watch this. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. This should be very special to us because the Bible also tells us that there is nothing good within us. Now, there was nothing bad in Jesus. He didn't have a sin nature. He did not have a sin nature. There was nothing bad in him. He was all good, if you will, inside and out. But the Bible says about us, there is nothing good in us. That means in and of ourselves. That means in and of our flesh. That means our strength, our, our, our talents, that those things that we're strongest at. You see, the church says, you know, you, you know, God's looking for your strength. No, God sent His Son to be crucified through weakness, 2 Corinthians 13, 4. And those who have their faith in Him and what He did there through weakness, the Bible says in that same Bible verse, 2 Corinthians 13, 4, that we also are weak in Him. Now I know that may be a shocker to some of you and that's why you've got a Bible to be following along with so you can see it for yourself. But we, as our faith is in what He did through weakness, our faith allows us to be weak in Him yet live by the power of God through Him. There's too many Christians looking for a crown on this side of glory and the only crown that you're going to find on your head on this side of glory is a crown of thorns. All the crowns, the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, and the other crowns that God is offering you is after this life in which we're called to cling to the old rugged cross. You try to put a crown on your head prematurely 
and it's going to be a crown of thorns and it's going to cause you many, many problems trying to pretend that you have a crown to wear now. The only crown that you're going to have on this side of glory is a crown of thorns. There is nothing good in and of ourselves at all. God didn't see anything good about us worthy of saving. He saved us because He loves us. Hallelujah. Oh, He only saved me because He loves me. In spite of me being the darkness of the sin of this world, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, that I was the darkness, the dark sinful uh, mess of this world. I wasn't just uh, in it, I was it. And He loved me and in spite of me, He commended His love to me. For me, while I was yet that old dark and black, guilty and ashamed sinner bound in sin, I heard his call to me through the cross, through the gospel. I heard that call unto his righteousness that I could trade that old garment of defeat and black, dark death unto sin I could be delivered from it and wear a new garment of righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. In and of ourselves, we can do nothing. Doesn't matter how we're trying to use Scripture. Doesn't doesn't matter how much Scripture we quote. Watch this now. Here comes our example. Jesus said, I can of my own self do no thing. I've got to have the help of my Father in heaven. I've got to have the leading of the Holy Spirit. Watch. As I hear, there's the first step. Here's our example. You have to be hearing from your shepherd. You have to be, you have to be hearing from your shepherd talking about Jesus. He's the one that came and saved you. He's the one the Father sent to save you, to die in your place. He is the one who has sent you. As the Father has sent me, He says, so send I you. Jesus is the one who sent us. So if we're to know where to go and what to do on the way and what to do when we get there, uh, in, in the name of the one that sent us, we must be hearing from Him. Just as Jesus was hearing of His heavenly Father, you and I must be hearing of our Savior who sent us. And listen, if you're born again, you've been given ears to hear. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Do you understand that? Do you know that? Jesus said in John 10... Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. Let me just stop right there and ask you, my friend. Are you hearing your great shepherd? Are you hearing your Savior? Or are you only hearing others talk about him? This came up a couple of weeks ago, a month ago maybe, in my heart, this question. Are we hearing our Savior or are we only hearing others talk about him? Mm. See, this is where we could talk about 
we saying, well, I have my relationship with Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus, if it's a biblical relationship with Him, is because of your faith being in the blood He shed at Calvary, and you are walking in agreement with Him in the way He walks, which is in His righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 20. Write these down. Proverbs 8 and 20, Psalms 85 and 13, 1 John 1 and 7. Those three together, watch the Holy Spirit put them together for you and shine a light on where you should be walking, but you can't walk there unless you're hearing. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. We must be hearing truth. We must be hearing it for ourselves. We must be hearing beyond even a teaching session as this or a worship service that we go to. Thank God for preachers who are preaching the Word of God in its truth and righteous context, which means it's always pointing to Calvary. But if I just sit there and listen and leave and say amen, I enjoyed that message. That was great. That was good. I really enjoyed that. But if it finds no place of guidance in my heart, then I hear I heard nothing but a preacher. I should be listening for the one who saved me, the one who has sent me, the one who's called me to walk with him. I need to hear him. If I'm not hearing him, I can't follow him. And I know this would really disturb most of what's called Christianity today because most of what's called Christianity today is not in this experience. They're not even in their Bibles. And I'm not judging anyone. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm telling you the reality. It's those who get mad when they hear this who are the ones that actually we're speaking of. Jesus is our example. He's our only perfect example. Other things are examples, as we said earlier in the Old Covenant, but they were all about Jesus, he said. The volume of the book is written of him. Not just about his person, but about his work. If you'll look at that, as we brought this out Wednesday night in the message that When the Bible says in Psalms 40 and verse 7, in Hebrews 10 and verse 7, that the volume of the book was written of Him, it speaks there, written of Him who came to do the will of the Father. And then it goes into talking about the sacrifice, the body that God gave Him to be laid down and raised up again. You see, that's what the volume of the book is written about, my friend. We need to remember that. Let's let's ask the question one more time. Are we hearing from our captain, the captain of our salvation? Are we hearing from the one who guides us along this path? Are we hearing from the one who saved us and sent us? Because we can't go where He sent us and do what He called us to do if we're not hearing Him. And hearing comes through one avenue, faith in the sacrifice of Christ. If we've been lured away through the lust of our own flesh into all these celebrate recovery, as if that would work and God would stamp His approval on that that God would stamp His power upon that. 
the government of 12, the purpose-driven, the walk of Emmaus, the, the, the promise keepers, the this, the that, all of the fads that creep in and prove that they don't work because there will be another one next year. If any of that worked, that would make God a respecter of persons. It would mean that God's only way of salvation and deliverance from all bondages and chains of darkness was not the cross, but that he also would allow other things. And that would make him a respecter of persons. We've been talking about that recently. I, I hope somebody's getting a hold of that. I hope somebody's being equipped with these great realities that are coming out of the Word now that would allow you to go and in love share these things with God's people who think they're hearing from Him, but they're not. They think they're on His mission, but they're not. They, they think they're, 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 they're involved in something God is working in, but He's not. He only works in the truth, and the truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. And the Spirit of truth, who also is truth, 1 John, we read there, reveals to us the truth of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's read this again, John chapter 10, verse 27, so we'll see this. See, not everybody is going to take God's Word to heart. Not everybody is going to allow the Holy Spirit to apply in action, in experience, God's Word. Not everybody is, is going to make it beyond just quoting God's Word and feeling good about they've quoted God's Word and I feel good now about that. But there is a remnant. There's always been a remnant that if God can bring back to where they can hear Him, then they will, as we'll see further in this Bible verse, be able to make proper judgment. But let's read this again before we leave it too quickly. John 10 and 27. My sheep, my sheep, hear my voice. And I know them. Remember at the great white judgment that's coming one day, he'll tell all of them that say, isn't what we did all our lives in ministry wasn't all that in your name? And he will say, I don't know you. I don't know you. But you are workers of iniquity. Now depart from me forever. I don't know you. Here Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I do know them. What's the manifestation of his sheep? They follow him. They follow Him. Get this now. They follow Him. This goes along with what we recently taught and saw in John chapter 8 uh, to those Jews, He said, to those Jews who believed upon Him, if you continue in My Word, then you'll... He says, if you continue in My Word, then you're truly learning of me. Then you're truly my disciples. The word means learners. Then you're following, then you're following, then you're learning of me truly if you continue in my word. Then you'll know the truth and then the truth will make you free. See, this is a process of progress. 
continuing in the word of the Lord. Continuing to learn of our Lord because we're hearing our Lord. More than leaving church on Sunday, I've got to say it again. More than leaving church on Sunday and Wednesday night and saying, that was a good message, I really enjoyed that. Where is the application in your life of what you're hearing from the minister God has planted you with to speak into your life? Where is the manifestation are you hearing? Yes, you need to have your own personal Bible study. Yes, you need to. Uh, you can listen to whoever you want to. You have the freedom and the liberty in Christ. All I'm asking today is, where is the manifestation? Don't be deceitfully deceived by sin as it hardens your heart with statements like, well, you just can't see what God's doing. No, if God's doing something, there's fruit. And that fruit... If we know them by their fruits, then that means fruit is seen. You've never had to get a chainsaw and, and, and cut into an apple tree to find the apples. They're out there on the limb to be seen. See, those that aren't hearing the one they call Lord, the ones that really aren't following with fruit the one they call Lord, They've got all kind of excuses as to why they're not continuing in the Word, why they're no longer in a place of worship, gathering with the saints. They've got an excuse for all kind of things. And I'm coming to find out that they may love Jesus, but they love themselves more. I know that's a, that's a profound statement but I believe it's very true. I believe there's many people that to some degree, to some degree, love Jesus. But they love themselves more. And we will follow the one we love the most. We will follow the one we love the most. Never forget that. Jesus said again, John 10 and 27, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. John chapter 5, verse 30, back to this verse where we're digging the gold out of this scripture today. Words of life and liberty, direction, instruction, correction, guidance, light, everything. Watch. I can do nothing my own self. Jesus said it. I can of my own self do nothing. But as I hear, he says, I'm hearing someone. He's hearing the Father. He says, as I hear, then I judge. And my judgment is just. That means it's righteous judgment. Remember John 7, 24. Let's, let's bring it up and read it. Jesus teaches us in John chapter 7, verse 24, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Some of you may need to write this down because I know you, as me, have not only probably used that phrase that's been used against us, also, you're not judging me, are you? 
The, doesn't the Bible say you're not supposed to judge? Now, the lost people even know some things the Bible says, but only in a way that would try to prevent someone from being used by God to bring conviction over the sin that's in their lives that they love. The darkness that's there that they love. So when conviction of the Holy Spirit prods concerning some abomination or some sin, they say, and we probably did it too, you're, you're, doesn't the Bible say you're not supposed to be judging me? Well, see, the Bible says we're not supposed to be judging in a condemning judgment. But we are to be judging. But it's got to be Jesus taught us again, chapter 7, verse 24 of this same letter of John. Jesus said, judge not according to the appearance. Yes, they're sinful. Yes, it's an abomination. Yes, it's obvious. But we're not to judge to the appearance. But Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. And hear me today, only those who judge righteous judgment, only those are hearing and then making proper judgment. Hmm. Only those who are judging righteous judgment are hearing from their master because he only judges righteous judgment. He, let's look at it here in John 5 and 30. I can of my own self do nothing. Watch this. What do you see there right after the word nothing? A colon. Let me, for our new followers, or those of you who have forgotten or never really caught on to this, when you see a colon in the Word of God, and I know, let's, let's don't try to say, well, the Hebrew, let, just forget all that. You'll find that what I'm saying is very, very real and true. If you'll just forget everything else and pay attention to what I'm encouraging you to notice. When you find a colon in the Word of God, what has been said previously before that colon, you're about to hear the specifics or certain details that will help you on the other side of the colon, that which was stated previously. Let me give you a good example of that, the one the Lord taught me this in, and that is Proverbs 2 and 6. Let's turn there, if you will, in this wonderful Bible study this morning. Glory be to the Lamb of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. What great truth He is to us. Proverbs 2 in verse 6. Watch this phenomenal, amazing, profound thing the God, that, that our God is trying to show us today. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 for the Lord gives wisdom, colon. But watch, here comes the avenue through which he gives it. Out of his mouth, his word, that which we hear, comes knowledge and understanding. In this one Bible verse, I think you and I can clearly hear the Holy Spirit teaching us today that God desires to give wisdom 
But the avenue through which He gives it is His words of knowledge and understanding. Get this now. The new covenant says the preaching of the cross is the wisdom of God. So through the giving of His Son at Calvary's cross, He offers to us, He made unto us, Jesus, His Son, wisdom. Only through the cross. Not reading the Bible and trying to do what the Bible says. No, having faith in the blood of Jesus and that blood is concerning all the words in the Bible. Watch this now. Notice we're talking about this colon here. For the Lord gives wisdom, colon, here it comes. Here comes the specifics, the details, the brighter light of how he gives wisdom, where he gives wisdom, out of his mouth. His word. Are you hearing what's coming out of his mouth? Jesus said, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you hearing your Savior? He is your shepherd, your captain, your leader. He's he's the one who's guiding us home by his Spirit. You must be hearing him. The Lord gives wisdom, colon, Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. I believe through this one verse we can understand that God's wisdom is is our understanding, his words of knowledge and understanding. We, We have that in our heart because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that understanding is the knowledge of the holy. And Jesus is the holy He's the Holy One sent of God to call us home, to make us holy. Hallelujah. Glory. Now this is good to me, and I hope you're shouting for joy this morning. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. Everything can be seen so much clearer if you look through the blood at everything. You have to, or your vision will be blurred. Hallelujah. Watch this now. John 5 and 30. Look at this. So powerful. This, this, the Holy Spirit Wednesday night's message. Just, oh my goodness. I want it. You, you know how God sent you. And I mean, I was preaching, teaching one thing. And all of a sudden, this billboard pops up on the road. And we did comment on it as the Lord led us. But I knew this. I knew this was coming. I knew this billboard that he has put here was going to help me and going to help God's people today, going to remind us that we're supposed to be hearing. And if we are, we'll be making judgment. But that judgment won't be just any old judgment. That judgment will be just. That judgment will be, if you look the word up here, it it means righteous. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself. But as I hear, then I judge. Listen, Christians who aren't hearing from God, they can't judge properly. And Christians who aren't hearing from God can't judge righteous judgment. 
Christians who aren't hearing from God aren't walking with an upright heart before God. Let's look at something else. Watch now. Jesus says, as I hear, then I judge based on what I hear, and my judgment is judge. My judgment is Righteous judgment. See, Jesus again, John 7, 24, told us that we must judge righteous judgment. He wouldn't tell us to do something he, dis- he didn't do himself and give us the example of himself. And I mean perfect example. Without flaw or blemish, Jesus is our example. He's our only perfect example. But he said, as he hears, he judges... And as he judges, his judgment is righteous judgment. Let's look at something else very powerful in the book of Psalms. Let's keep reaching back of the treasures of old to help us see the treasure in Christ of new, the new covenant. Watch. I think it's, uh, oh my goodness, is it uh, 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 Proverbs? No, it's the book of Psalms. Psalms 94, verse 15, I believe, uh, yes. Psalms 94, 15, I hope that you're taking notes. I, I, there's, a few, there, 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 there's a few folks in our church that take notes, and, and my goodness, they're, they're always coming back to me and, and, and saying, man, I wrote this down, and God is showing me. I, I've been looking at this that I wrote down when I'm taking notes, and God is showing me that I'm telling you, The Holy Spirit is a writer. He wrote the Word. And He's the one who writes it in the tablets of our minds. Hebrews chapter 8. The new covenant is is God Himself, our God, writing His words of life and liberty in our minds. It would help you to take notes and look back at them and, and allow the Spirit of truth to take these things you're hearing right now further so he can impart and graft, write more of it, guide you into more of it as you go on. Watch this now, Psalms 94, verse 15. But judgment shall return unto righteousness. Jesus came and was our example of God's judgment being under righteousness. Not just in his actions, but in his work of righteousness carried out at Calvary's cross. For Isaiah prophesied in chapter 32 and verse 17 and said the work of righteousness is peace. And Colossians 1 and 20 says he made that peace for us through the blood of his cross. The work of righteousness, again that's Isaiah 32 and 17, the work of righteousness is peace. He did it at Calvary. The effect of that righteousness is assurance and confidence. The effect of that righteousness is confidence and assurance. Think about that. Quietness. Get that. Faith in the cross brings you a confidence you won't find anywhere else and assurance you won't find anywhere else because it will be of the Holy Spirit. But watch this scripture based on what we're hearing Jesus teach in John 5 and verse 30. Look at what we see under the old covenant in the hidden treasure then revealed to us 
clearly now. Judgment shall return unto righteousness, colon. Do you see that colon there? Oh my goodness. Judgment shall return under righteousness. God judged His righteousness, declared His righteousness in Christ from the cross. Romans 3, 25 and 26. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And again, Isaiah 32 and 17. Isaiah chapter 53. He declared His righteousness from the cross. Get this now. But judgment shall return under righteousness. Colon. Get ready. Here it comes. And all the upright in heart shall follow it. The only upright heart that God sees is the man, woman, boy or girl who is following judgment that's under righteousness. What does it mean for you and I to judge righteous judgment if we're dealing with a sinful situation? This is just one example. Let's look at this example today. Just one example, and let's say we're looking at a sinful situation, whether it's in our own lives or it's in the life of someone else. We're told and taught by our Savior, I hope you can hear Him, not to judge based on that outer thing that's going on, but to judge righteous judgment. For only those who judge righteous judgment have an upright heart before the Lord. You don't just walk with an upright heart just because you were born again. An upright heart is about having today an upright heart because your judgment is righteous judgment, not condemning judgment. So we've got this sinful situation there or here. How am I to judge righteous judgment? Okay. All of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and verse 8. So that's number one key. This situation, whether there or inwardly here, must be dealt with by the Word of God. The Word of God. All God's words are in righteousness. Number two, the work of righteousness. That which God stamped, complete, finished, and perfected, righteous work was that of the shedding of the blood, the death, the cross, the redeeming plan of God in Christ on the cross. The two must go hand in hand. We cannot hear God properly without faith in the cross. And we cannot understand God's words of righteousness unless our faith is in the cross. I don't care what anybody says. You don't have, I don't have righteous judgment and cannot make it unless we're hearing our Master's voice. Unless we're hearing the Word of God in its righteous context, which means the context of the cross. Outside of that, 
There is no answer from heaven. There is no answer from heaven. There's nothing to look at. Judge righteous judgment means I'm using God's Word in the light of the Son of God and what He did as the righteous work of the Lamb of God on the cross. Outside of that, it doesn't exist. Outside of that, we're not hearing and we can't make proper judgment. Let's look at another example in the New Covenant in Revelation chapter 3. Now this is good to me today. Revelation chapter 3. Let's go, let's go there. Revelation chapter 3. This is a church called Sardis. Revelation chapter 3 verse 3. They're in big trouble. Why? Because they're no longer hearing and receiving of the Lord. And the problem that causes is the spots on the garments. The righteous garments. Jesus told, let's read it, Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. They were no longer hearing and receiving. They were walking in a place now with their faith was not in Christ and Him crucified. I don't care, what, I don't know exactly what it was in, but it was not in Christ and Him crucified. For had it been, hearing and receiving would be there. It's the only avenue God offers to hear Him through and to receive from Him through is Jesus and His death at Calvary. So, remember therefore, watch very carefully how hearing or not hearing, how receiving or not receiving is tied to righteousness. Watch. Remember therefore how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent from what you're trusting now. If therefore you shall not watch, which means come back to the hearing and receiving place, wake up to that and stay awake. If you look the word watch up, it means to remain awake. If you keep drifting off away from the cross, being lullabied to sleep through the lust of your own flesh into all these other things where you cannot hear and you cannot receive even though you think you are. They had a name. Listen, this church had a name that they were alive, but Jesus had to write a letter and tell them something they didn't know. They're dead. That's very scary to me. Very scary. Watch now. He says, If therefore you shall not watch, if you shall not repent, wake up and get back to the place you can hear and receive and stay awake, I will come on you as a thief and you shall not know what hour I will come upon you. And remember what a thief does. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Sometimes he comes and does it like a thief. Watch now. You have a few names there among you in Sardis which have not defiled their garments. No, they've got garments. Righteous linen but they've been defiled. See, acts of sin is not what defiles a garment. The wrong object of faith is what defiles the garment. 
The object of faith is not the Holy Spirit. The object of faith is not anything other than the Son of God given on Calvary's cross. That is the absolute only object of faith God has given you. Now His words, we hear His words and faith comes, but the fruit of that faith that comes from hearing God's word is the righteousness of faith. Oh my goodness, hallelujah. Watch now. You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Remember now, we've got only four, three and a half minutes left, so we're going to have to get back into this next Friday. This is a gold mine for those who are buying gold. (laughs) Through their faith in Calvary, Oh my goodness, we come and buy gold for ourselves. The place we can put salve on our eyes and see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear, and be receiving that which we need to be receiving. You see, these garments being spotted, being defiled because of a wrong object of faith, now they weren't hearing. Now their judgment couldn't be right. Now their hearts weren't upright before the Lord. See how it all ties together. As we close this broadcast today, are you hearing from the Lord? This is not some mystical, magical thing. You believed upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the moment that you did, He moved inside of you. He, by His Spirit, He dwells in you. And you are now one of the sheep in His flock and He said, you can hear Him. And if you are hearing Him, you are following Him. My goodness, I've been overjoyed with this today. I don't know, I don't know, oh my goodness, I know that this is going to be something the Lord has for those who have ears to hear, those who have returned to the place where judgment has returned unto righteousness and we are hearing and learning of His righteousness in these last few moments of this vapor of time. If when these things were written, the new covenant was written, was the end of the age. And the end of all things is at hand. My goodness, we're running on vapors now. Things are lining up in the world right now. World leaders coming together. Magog having hooks in its nose, being slowly moved right now. And one day God will yank that nose of Magog into position even greater to stand only in a place to be defeated one last time permanently forever by our faithful God. Watch it all take place, but don't get caught up in that. Get caught up in the Spirit through the Word of the cross. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for all the comments of encouraging words you post. Thanks for liking, but please help us share these broadcasts. Help the ministry of the message of the cross reach every nation, tribe, and tongue. Hit the share button and encourage others to subscribe. 
our YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. God bless you. I love you. If God stirs your heart to give to the ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.